have the preeminence that you desire. say, Lord, have the preeminence, the total sway. Amen. Right here, right now, I just want to raise a hand and say, Lord, I surrender. I surrender all of my thoughts, my vessel, my being, my mind, my spirit. You just maybe want to raise a hand and say, Lord, I want you to have the preeminence right now. Move every spirit of hindrance out of the way, any spirit of doubt that would try to disrupt. Amen. And have your way. Amen. That's our, that's our true desire. Amen. God bless you. I greet you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Tonight, it's certainly a privilege to be here with you. Uh, if you have your Bible, we'll go to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Um, just uh, want to say again, it's an honor to come. And I don't uh, know, uh, maybe many of you have met different places, but I'm just going to uh, pretend I'm home because I am. Amen. I'm home amongst believers. Amen. And you might be from the way up the north, and I might be from way down south, but we're all from the back part of God's mind before this life ever began. And that's why we sing the same songs. We hear that we, have, we speak the same language. Amen. And I'm not talking about English. I'm talking about the language of the Word. There's a desire and an attraction, a magnetization that we have, amen, to the Word. So it would just be our desire to be able to be used of the Lord to encourage you here tonight. And I don't, uh, don't have any secret intel that Brother Ed has given me about any of you here tonight, but I know that the Lord does, and I have confidence in that, that the Lord knows who we are, He knows what we are, He knows where we're at, He knows where we came from, and He knows where He wants to bring us to. And I believe the Lord has a vision of your individual life. I believe He has a blueprint and before you ever breathe your first breath, God already charted your course from the cradle all the way to the grave. And I just want to say, maybe you would say by an uplifted hand, Lord, let me find myself in the center of your plan for my life. And I believe that would be our desire. The Lord Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit came to me this afternoon. I was just sharing with Brother Ed uh, there in the hotel room with I just uh, in my mind and my spirit, even on the plane right here, and then uh, all this afternoon, just so many directions, trying to seek the mind of the Lord, um, and the Holy Spirit just came in a real special way, and I mean that. When I say that, I mean that He came in a very unique way, uh, just to give me direction on what He wanted to say tonight. So I just want to move myself out of the way, 
and I want to enter right, let the Holy Spirit have his way and move right into the channel of what he wants. Amen. So I trust that you came thirsty and hungry for his word. Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to speak to you on loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. Let's begin reading here at verse 10 of Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. That word principalities means dominions or domains. This is very much like what Daniel, the angel that came to Daniel's prayer, said that I, yeah, the Lord heard your prayer the moment that you prayed. But the prince of Persia hindered. Now listen, this is, this is real. This isn't fairy tale. It's not Hollywood. This is a real dimension that whether you see it naturally with your eyes, it's there and it's more real than you see in me right now. He says, we, we wrestle, not that we don't have a contention, it's not that we're not in the battle, we are, but our battle is not against flesh and blood problems. A lot of times we take an addiction or an issue or a sin or a temptation and we say, oh, that person has an addiction to this drug or they have an addiction to this, uh, this thing over here and, and we, we sometimes just treat the symptoms. But what we understand by the teaching of the word is that addiction is only an outward manifestation of an inward struggle spiritually that's taking place in an unseen dimension. And that struggle was with you when you were born. But Brother Branham was asked the question, do you believe in guardian angels? Is that a fairy tale? Is that a myth? And Brother Branham says, absolutely. When you're born, there's an angel there to take the life of that child. And he said, remember the prophet of God says, he says, I would have given my heart to the Lord many years before I did. But he said, there was a demon spirit that hung over my life. Now that spirit that was over him, imagine that, an angel that was there when he was born, that was sit in his life to draw him, to bring him into the fold of God, to speak to him, to woo him, but at the same time there was a demon spirit there to hinder him. And let me wake us all up here tonight to tell you that same spirit that is always there trying to hurt you and discourage you and haunt you and discourage you and give you doubt. He's there right now in this service. But there's also an angel here and he's trying to energize your faith. And I just want to say, angel, would you come and energize my faith? Hallelujah. And he says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, verse 12 again, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Remember, he's the ruler of this world. He's the, he's the, he's the uh, Brother Branham, would call, the Bible would call him the prince of the power of the air. And he says here, he says, the, the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, in high places or in other atmospheres. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That's where we're living. 
And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, there's Paul, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. One more scripture, John chapter 11, just quickly before I have you be seated. John chapter 11. Let's just begin reading here, and we'll just, to save time, just read a few verses. Let's just begin reading here at verse 33, uh, verse 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, He groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou should see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Brother Branham said, had he not called Lazarus by name? Every grave and every cemetery would have opened because in his voice is the voice of resurrection. And that same voice is speaking here tonight. And he then, listen, verse 44, and he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was bound about with a napkin. This is where we're drawing our title from. And Jesus said unto him, loose him. And let him go. Lord Jesus, we just bow now, Lord, in your presence. Lord, I'm so aware of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that has such a desire. Lord, such a burden. We as parents, those that maybe are streaming here online, those parents that are streaming in and tuning in, Lord, I'm here, Brother Ed, the pastor's here, Lord, and we're greatly burdened, Lord. 
Father, for there, there are those, Lord, that are among us. Father, on many different levels, some filled with the Holy Spirit, some of them, Lord, in all different phases of their life. Lord, but I would say, Lord, there's even some of them that are under the sound of our voice, Lord, who maybe are bound by sin, bound by that sickness, that disease that plagues every human being when they're born. Lord, and they're bound here tonight, maybe taken captive by the enemy. I don't know, Lord. I, I, I didn't come with any word, Lord, uh, Lord, any, any vision, Lord, that you've given me. But, Lord, I, I know because you told me that. There'd be somebody here that would be here tonight that your word wanted to come and set free. So, Lord, I stand here with a great burden, knowing, Lord, even as your prophets, the angel of the Lord told your prophet, if you can get the people to believe you, nothing will stand in your way, not even cancer. So now, Lord, I pray that you would take us from our meager place of maybe, Lord, in our own humanity and fallen flesh as I stand here fallen, Lord, with mistakes like any up person here. But, Lord, I pray, God, you'd lift us up out of that spot tonight. Lord, may you raise our faith up to a level where we can grab a hold of the word of God that could set us free. Lord, and while there's parents who are burdened for their young people, maybe those that they've prayed about even before this service, Lord. But God, how much more is your Holy Spirit burdened for them right now? These are your, these are your children, Lord, the purchased of your blood. I pray, oh God, that you would have perfect preeminence, Lord, have perfect sway. Lord, as I just feel your unction, even just now, and I step aside, Lord, my words, Father, Lord, are just the words of a man. I don't have any, Lord, any kind of special talent. Lord, even, even the words that I'll say, God, maybe in a year, six months' time, no one would even remember, Lord, the title that I took or words that I said because that's the, that's the frailness of man's words. Lord, but if you would come and speak a word here tonight, Lord, it would have an eternal impact. One, Lord God, that would change for eternity, Lord, for the change for their entire life and on to eternity. Now, God, may you grant it, Lord, to every individual. We ask it now, Lord, as we surrender to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. It's amazing that you find Lazarus here. And the Bible gives us this story of Jesus raising Lazarus who was dead. Even the Bible doesn't even refer to him as that, but it said that they came to show him where the dead was laid. Because Brother Branham said that when you die, that's just, that's not you laying there in the grave. That's just a body. That was just the temple that you lived in when you were here on earth. But he said he called his spirit all the way back from the other dimension when he spoke his name, Lazarus, come back, or Lazarus, come forth. And here this man comes out of, his, out of the grave, and the Bible says that he comes uh, 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 under the, uh, 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 under the uh, voice of the resurrection. He comes back to life. But what's incredible, if you notice there in your Bible, is the Bible says he came out of the grave bound. He had still had his grave clothes on. 
it came to maybe the step to where God had rescued him from sin, or maybe God had called him, you could say, to a redemptive life, and God had raised him by the resurrection from sin, out of sin, and out of death, into newness of life. But it's possible to be born of the Spirit of God, freed from your first birth, yet still bound with your grave clothes. Notice this here, even when Jesus said, and and this is just what I wrote here, he had life in his body. It's possible that we've been brought from death uh, from our natural state into the newness of the life. As the Apostle Paul said, who's ever in Christ is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And yet, even with that newness of life, be limited by bondage, of the grave clothes. I wrote this and this just struck me so, so much. Life, but limited. Life, but limited. Limited in ministry. This is what the Bible says that his hands, it's incredible. You look at your Bible there, his hands were bound. Here's how he came out of the grave. Heard the voice of the resurrection, came out from death, but yet he comes with his hands bound. And those hands are a symbol of ministry. Now, don't think preaching behind a pulpit, but ministry is anything you do when you surrender your vessel to the Holy Spirit. You become a minister to minister the word of life, whether it's behind a sermon or through a word of encouragement or your testimony to those that are around you. They become a ministry to others. But because of the grave clothes, he was bound. His hands, which represented uh, a napkin. The Bible says he was limited. Uh, He was bound. Limited, I could say this, in progress. He was born of the Spirit of God, but he had not progressed. Something was hindering him. Something was laying upon him. Something was restricting him. Something had caused a stunt, maybe in his growth. Now, I'm, I'm talking about someone who's maybe you've came uh, to, to the true baptism of the Holy Ghost. You've been born of the Spirit of God as Lazarus had been raised from the dead. But he was limited. The Bible says there was a napkin around his head and over his eyes. Now, what do your eyes represent? The eyes of your, that the eyes of your understanding being opened? So he was, he was, he was alive, but his sight was limited. Uh, you, you could say this, it, it would be, you could say it could be, he could be, he would be limited in almost every way except that he was alive. And so his hands are bound. His feet are bound. Uh, these are the symbols of, of the fruitfulness of a believer. Because you can be a believer and be barren of the fruitfulness of God. And so maybe he was restricted from the fruitfulness or the full capacity of what God had called him for. Listen to me, young person. God saves you for a purpose. Now, that's a direct statement by the prophet of God. Brother Branham says, when God saved me, he had a purpose in doing it. And Brother Branham says, and I want to make sure I fulfill the purpose that God had when he saved me from a life of sin. I'm not just going to come to church. I'm born of the Spirit of God and just live a normal life. Listen, you weren't called to just live a normal life. But God has an anointing that must come upon the seed 
need or the purpose he's placed in your life. And it would be the job of the devil to do everything he can to restrict you and hinder you and bind you and put you in bondage and keep you from the fullness of what God intends for your life. Whether that be a gift that God wants you to surrender to in your life. It would be Satan's job to hinder that. So he had a napkin. He was bound over his hand. His hands and his feet uh, were, were bound. Uh, bound around his head. The, 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 uh, around his head. And, and so the, the, you can look at this. It was his, it was his calling. It was his, his, uh, his vocation. You know, I want to say it, and I said it here at the beginning. When God saves you, when God, when, you, when you're born into this world, God has a perfect blueprint or a perfect plan of your life. He's already charted the course from the cradle to the grave. You even look at the life of Samson, who the Bible gives it this way. When Manoah receives the prophecy of Samson, the angel told Manoah, he'll be a Nazarite unto God from the day of his birth until his death. Now that was an anointing that God had given Samson and spoken over his life. And he says, and he shall begin to deliver the, the Israelites from the hands of the Philistines. So notice, catch this here. He was anointed with a purpose. God had came by an angel and shown it to his parents. He was given a purpose, an anointing. God had a plan. God had a vision. But that didn't mean Samson was going to surrender himself to that vision that God had of him. But notice the promise said he'll be a Nazarite from the day he's born until the day he dies. In other words, just because you fail God doesn't mean God gives up on you. Doesn't mean God withdraws his contract. Just because you never surrender to that, God is always there waiting at any moment for you to surrender and for him to fulfill his vision for your life. Doesn't matter how long you go off in sin. Doesn't matter how long you go off into, into wandering from the will of God. And you may never come to the full purpose that God had intended for your life. That's up to your free moral agency. I'm just feeling the Holy Spirit here. So just bear with me as I just find my way. You know, I've said this here, but I've said in other places before and I'll repeat it here. As I heard a man once say that was so profound, that, that talking about the greatest treasure of the earth. And he begins to say that the greatest treasure that you have in the earth buried is not buried in a mountain somewhere uh, in Africa. And maybe a diamond uh, uh, that's waiting to be discovered. The greatest treasure that's in the earth is not in, a, in an undiscovered uh, oil field where they could tap down to great you know, uh, uh, great unfound oil. But the greatest treasures that lay in the earth are actually in the local cemetery. Because in the cemetery is buried the potential or the gifts or the callings that God had intended and put in your life, but that individual never surrendered themselves to the, to, the, to the challenge that God had put in their life. 
Notice here, he was limited. He was bound. Something had bound him. Maybe it was a fear. Maybe it was a phobia. Maybe it was a complex. Maybe it was an addiction. Maybe it was a sin. Maybe something in his life, but something was restricting the flow of the Holy Spirit. Something was restricting or clogging the channels from letting the Holy Spirit flow out of his life. Let me just tell you, my my friends here tonight, the Holy Ghost wants to flow through your being. He doesn't want to be stopped. He doesn't want to be hindered. He wants to flow and clean out every channel in your spirit and your memory and your conscience, your reasoning, imagination, your affection. Why, Brother Matt? So that he can use your vessel. He can use your hands and your your lips and your feet. The Holy Spirit needs a body to work through. So I say, God, cleanse us of every spirit. Cleanse our channels. Let let, Let us unclog all of the channels in our life. He was bound, as the Bible says, tied up. He was isolated. He was bound. He's still in his grave clothes. That's why Jesus looks at him and says, loose him and let him go. And I believe the voice of the Lord is speaking here tonight to whatever's bound you up. And he's saying, loose him and let him go. Very much like in Isaiah. You can turn there with me if you have your Bible. We'll turn there to Isaiah chapter 52 if you just want to turn there quickly. This is very, uh, very, uh, uh, a portrait very similar to what you find here in John with this daughter of Zion. You notice here in Isaiah chapter 52, and I just want to read just a few verses from that. You can just put it up if they have it. I won't, I'll, I'll get to that here in a moment. But it's very much like this Daughter of Zion. Let me just find my place here. Uh, Very much like this daughter of Zion, she's bound. Notice this here in verse 1 of Isaiah 52. Awake. This is the word of the Lord to his daughter. Awake. And then he repeats it. Awake. So in other words, he's trying to wake her up. He's trying to get her attention. Like you're trying to be woken up in the morning and you shake someone. Come on, wake up. Wake up. Come on, get out of bed. Wake up. And they're in a stupor. They're, 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 they're completely asleep. This is what God was saying to his daughter. Awake. Awake. Put on your strength. Put on your beautiful garments. O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise. In other words, get up, get out of the ground, get off of the dirt, shake thyself from the dust, arise and sit down, O Jerusalem, loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. So something had bound her, something, there was even a chain or something around her neck, And she's laying there clutching this chain. You can imagine the condition. He says, O captive daughter of the Lord, for thus saith the Lord, you have sold yourself for nothing, and you shall be redeemed without money. So here's this picture, this once a beautiful woman. This is not the daughter of Jezebel. This is the daughter of Zion. And she's once a beautiful woman in beautiful garments and she's clean and she's virtuous. But now something has taken place in her life and the Bible says she's bound. 
She's, she, she, she's, she's like a slave. She's not a slave, but she's acting like a slave. Right? She's not a slave, but she's acting like a slave. She's already been set free, but now she has something around her neck. She's clutching at this at her neck. And the Bible says, loose yourself. Once pure, once beautiful, daughter, now you're laying like a slave in the uncircumcised, coming unto thee, the unclean. Now their garments that were once beautiful are torn, and, and they're, 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 there's holes in her, in her garment, and, and that's dirty. And she's on the dirt, and she's on the ground, and she's groveling and rolling on the ground. And, and, and it's, a, it's a, a picture of complete despair and hopelessness. Complete this. Now, this is not, as we said, the daughter of Jezebel. This is the daughter of Zion. And she's laying there with a band around her neck, clutching, clutching at this bondage, clutching at this chain around her neck. And here's the enemies of God blaspheming, laughing, mocking, howling. Here she is. Her enemy standing by, taunting her, taunting her that her God had no power to set her free from slavery. And two terrible conditions came upon her. First, she didn't feel like anyone was sorry for her. She didn't feel like no one cared for her. Uh, you could read the scripture here. I'm just going to quote it. It says, she fainted and laid like a wild bull in a net. This was, this was her, this was the, speaking of her sons. And so Isaiah says that, he, he says, there's no guide. Uh, he says, there is none to guide her among all the sons whom she hath brought forth. Neither is there any that taketh her by the hand of all the sons that she has brought forth. That's Isaiah 51, 18. And though there she's, she's laying there bound. By what, you say, Brother Matt? By those spirits that are there all the time. Those spirits that are there all the time. And they tangle us and they wrap us and we don't even realize it. But you're walking through a, not just a worldwide web, but you're walking through an atmosphere of a world to where everything is there to stop you and trip you and ensnare you and take you captive. Notice this here. I want to bring your mind just to this other dimension here just for a moment. If you have that power. Actually, I have it here. I think I can advance it this way. Notice this here. Uh, the green button. Okay, there we go. Notice this here. And I just want to read you some scriptures. And, and you have them there to read. We'll read them together. If you can't read, maybe it's too small. But I want to go through this because we do believe in another dimension. We believe in a world that's as real as this dimension that we're living in right now. And even the, the Bible speaks of Lucifer. And this was the morning star. And it says, you were the signet of perfection. Full of wisdom. Perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God. In the midst of the stones of fire, you walked. You were blameless in your ways. From the day you were created, till unrighteousness was found in you. Now they've done study upon study of trying to find where did evil come from. It's right here. 
Notice this here. This is fallen angels that speak about in the book of Jude. These were demons. You say, what is a fallen angel, Brother Matt? A fallen angel is just a demon. That's exactly what a demon is. It's an angel that has left his first estate or his first calling. Notice Jude 1.6, And the angels who did not stay with their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. 2 Peter 2.4, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. This is very familiar scriptures you've read before. Revelations 12 verse 9, and the great dragon was thrown down. That ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan. He's got a lot of names in the Bible. The deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Notice this in Matthew 12, 24. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, it is only Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons, the ruler or the leader or the captain of the demons. Now this is in your Bible. This isn't Hollywood. This isn't a fairy tale. This is right in your Bible. This is who Jesus dealt with in his ministry when he came to those that were possessed with demon spirits. Listen, Jesus didn't come like every other uh, uh, teacher that, 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 that they had heard before. There was a lot of good teachers. There was a lot of good preachers. There was a lot of good churches and a lot of good sermons and a lot of good uh, people that had a great understanding of the scroll. But Jesus came to set captives free. Jesus came to deliver from demon spirits. Jesus came to heal those that were sick with diseases or blindness or deafness. This is what you read about. In Jesus' life. You might have had good churches and they might have had good coffee shops in those churches. They might have served donuts and lattes and you got the best latte in town. If you wanted the best latte, you went down to the big mega church. But if you wanted freed from a demon spirit, you went to Jesus. Because this was his ministry. Even they would say, we don't understand. He speaks as one who has authority. Notice this here. He says, the ruler of the demons, that's this fellow, has uh, cast out the demons. Listen here in Mark chapter 9. We're just going to skip maybe a little bit of this to get to something. Someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son unto you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute, and whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, oh, faithless generation, how long? long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy. And he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion and help us. And Jesus said unto him, if you can. In other words, if you can believe. If I can get you out of that natural faith and get you to a supernatural faith. If thou canst believe, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. 
And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse. So that most of them said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said unto him, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Now, this was our opening scripture in Ephesians 6, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against spiritual wickedness or rulers of darkness. You know, the Bible says this and teaches us this so strongly that there's a realm of angels and there's a realm of demons. And as we said, they're there as influences at all times. And you live, your life is living in between an influence from hell and an influence from heaven. And your free moral agency will decide who you surrender to. That voice of influence from hell or that voice of influence from heaven. Now, there's beings, angels. The Bible speaks of them. Creatures that are intelligent, that, 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 are, that are beyond uh, even our own human understanding. But they're there all the time. As we just showed you, Jesus dealt with them in his earthly ministry. All throughout the Gospels, it's recorded of Jesus dealing with demons and demon spirits. And I know that churches, one of the nominal churches focus on the cross and they focus on great things, good things that we love. Uh, they focus on the love of Jesus and I believe in the love of Jesus. That They focus on the, uh, you know, unconditional promises. I believe in all of that. But I want the whole word of God, the full counsel of God. And there's more to Jesus than just a God who's there in your back pocket to give you all of your dreams and everything you wanted. You know, you tell people, sometimes you tell a carnal man, you know, Jesus loves you. Really? Jesus loves me? Jesus loves you. I I love me too. Jesus wants the best for you. Really? I want the best for me too. And you see why that gospel is sold to millions. But the true gospel says, if any man will follow me, let him take up his cross. Right? And so these, there's good ones and there's bad ones. The Bible calls them a host. Even he names, David names Jehovah that. The Lord of hosts. And if you have a Schofield or even just in most King James Bibles, it'll translate that to English words and it's called not the Lord of hosts, but it's called the God of angel armies. The God of angel armies. This is the God that you serve. He's the God of angel armies. And so there's good angels, there's bad angels, a spiritual host of good and wickedness. At all times, at all times, from the cradle to the grave. You say, after I'm born of the Spirit of God, oh, you better believe it. That spirit that held you in bondage and sin, you want to talk about getting unleashing hell upon your life. When you're born of the Spirit of God, Brother Branham said, all the Satan's guns are trained on you. All of his forces are unleashed upon your mind. This is why Paul says, take on the whole armor of God so that you can withstand the fiery darts of the enemy. 
And so let me say this. That you, there, you say, Brother Matt, there's spirits. There's, there's, a, there's a host. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a host always that is always around us. And let me say this. There are certain atmospheres where angels like to dwell. And there's certain atmospheres that bring angels near. Yeah. Are you with me here tonight? There's certain conditions or certain atmospheres. Brother Branham says, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, He comes near. But just as much as there's conditions and atmospheres that angels are comfortable in, aren't invited to, there's also atmospheres that demon spirits are welcome to. And you bring demon spirits near you. And let me say this, anytime you confess anything that's not in the word about you, you're inviting that demon spirit near you. That's why the Bible says, cast down vain imaginations or any thought that it doesn't, that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. We should only speak what the word says. Not what we think. We should speak what the Word said about us. Oh, I'm such a failure. That's not what the Word said. Oh, I'll never make it. That's not what the Word said. And so there's, there's a host that's always there, a heavenly host. And so the real battle that takes place is happening on earth, not in heaven. Remember, that's what Brother Adam says, that, that angelic battles became human battles. So the real battle, the greatest battle ever taking place is happening right here, right now. A battle that started all the way in Eden and ends in Armageddon. But you're right in the middle of those two places. And so notice this here is man lives in a multi-dimensional environment. You as a young person, and, and it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter where you're from. You're from here in Edmonton. I'm from South Carolina. Wouldn't matter if you're from Africa. Wouldn't matter if you're from, uh, uh, no matter where you're from. You're, you're subject always to an unseen world. In fact, the prophet would tell us it's a multidimensional environment of seven dimensions that you live in. Your body, listen, you're more than what you see in the mirror. You, I said, you are more, you're made up of more than you see in the mirror when you wake up every day. There's a part of you that's unseen. Brother Branham says you have five senses of the body. You also have five senses of the spirit. Memory, conscience, reasoning, imagination, affection. And Brother Branham says then in between those two realms, underneath there is a soul. And he says, and that's the real you. That's who you really are. And so your body, your spirit, your memory, conscience, reasoning, imagination, affection, your eyes, your ears, your, your, your sight, your feeling, you're subjected to this multi-dimensional environment. They talk about the metaverse. I think meta, I said it back home and my son corrected me and said, you said that wrong, dad. Whatever it's called, the virtual reality. You know, they're trying to tap into that now. It's a very real thing. It's very real. Another dimension all around us. And so much that Brother Branham would say, if you're a Christian and you've been born again by the Spirit of God, and he says, and if a Christian dies, he goes into that sixth dimension. He said it's a place of paradise where the believer's at rest. The struggle's over. There's no more fight. There's no more, there's no more pain. Uh, you're young again in a celestial body waiting for the day when the Lord Jesus shall come back to earth 
in a rapture to pick up and raise your mortal body from the earth. Brother Branham would say it this way, that if, you're, if you die, as the Bible says, if this temple tabernacle be dissolved, we have a body already waiting, one not, not made by hands, but one prepared in the heavens, a theophany. And the prophet of God would say, if you die, you, that you go to that theophany. And he says, but if you're, and he says, and when the resurrection takes place, you come back in that theophany and you come to your body that's laying in the grave to raise up that body. And he says, and then this body, not this one with sin in it, but this one cleaned of sin, changed of sin. And he says, that theophany and this body make up a glorified body. One that has no sin, it has no sickness, it has no doubt, it has no fear, it has no diseases, it has no failures, it has no complexes, it has no hindrances, it doesn't worry, it doesn't stress, it doesn't get pain. Oh, what are you tasting of when you come into the presence of God? You're tasting of that other life that's waiting over there. And Brother Branham says that that theophany, but he says, but if you're here, and he says, and you're changed, that theophany comes to you, right? And so he says that if you're a Christian, you've been born again, and you die, you, you go there to that immortal place where you're immortal, and, and you cut you, and, he, and Brother Branham says that there's no pain there, there's no sickness there. He says, oh, but if you're a sinner, in other words, if you're a person who missed to, or failed to heed the word of God, or failed to heed the unction or the drawing of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that when you choose to not heed to the drawing of the Holy Spirit, it is the same as rejecting the Holy Spirit? I'll say that again. Because a person may die and may say, I, I never rejected the Holy Ghost. I never rejected the Lord. You did you, you, when you failed to heed to the drawing that the Holy Spirit was trying to bring in your life. You were rejecting that. And you'll make your choice. Brother Adam says if you're a sinner and you failed to heed that call, you, you never, you rejected the gospel. I never rejected the gospel, Brother Matt. I never, I, I believed what was being preached, but you never surrendered to that, to that voice. And Brother Branham says that knocking that was on your heart. And Brother Branham says he's only obligated ever to knock once. Thank God in my life he kept knocking. And thank God for mercy. If you're here un, 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 unsaved, thank God for mercy he's still knocking. And he says if you're a sinner and you never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you go to a place called the fifth dimension. Brother Branham would say it this way. He says that fifth dimension is all that horrible dimension. Like a nightmare where the souls of the wicked are imprisoned, waiting the day of the great white throne of judgment to be judged according to the deeds that was done in their body. Brother Branham says this here, and I want you to notice this in our next slide. Now, light, matter, and time, and our five senses contact them dimensions. Our sight contacts light. Our feeling contacts matter, and so forth. Now, but we have contact through science, the fourth dimension. When Brother Branham says through science, he's talking about this. He's talking about devices. 
He's talking about television waves and internet. This is what he's talking about. This is a dimension. Brother Adam says the fourth dimension. We have by science, he says we have through contact through science the fourth dimension as it was because coming right through this building now comes pictures, voices of radio, pictures of television that our senses does not contact that. In other words, your eyes don't see it, but they're passing through this room all the time. And Brother Branham says, but yet they have a tube or a crystal that picks up those ether waves and manifests them. So you see, right in this building right now is live actions of people. In the air, live voices. They're here. We know it. They're absolutely the truth. And the only thing they do, they, I don't understand the mechanics of those things that science has invented, but we know that it proves to us there is a fourth dimension now the fifth dimension is where the sinner, the unbeliever, dies and goes to. The fifth dimension is the kind of, oh, well, the horrible dimension. Now this man, when a Christian dies, he goes into the sixth dimension. And God is in the seventh dimension. Now then you see when a Christian dies, he says, when a, he says you see the Christian when he dies, he goes under the altar of God right into the presence of God under the altar. I love this. And he's at rest. He's at rest. To break it down, when a man has a nightmare, he's not altogether asleep, neither is he awake. He's between asleep and awake. That's what makes him have a horrible shaking and screaming because he's not asleep, he's not awake. And to take that shows where a man goes when he dies unconverted. He's lived his time up. He's dead on the earth. And he can't go into the presence of God because he's not fit to go there without the blood. And he's called. I thought of that today. As the Holy Spirit just began to brood over this thought and this sermon to preach here. And I thought, oh God, don't let there be any young person that's here in this church tonight, a body that I speak to, that ever finds themselves caught. He's caught between, and he's in a nightmare. He's in a nightmare. You imagine that. See, he can't go into the presence of God to rest. He can't get back. He can't back come to earth because his time's up. He's in a nightmare. And there he stays until the day of judgment, a horrible thing to be in. And now, in this vision... And Brother Branham's going to begin to speak when he goes beyond the curtain of time. And he says, now in this vision, I believe I was caught to that sixth dimension, looking back. Remember, he says, I, I look back down, and there I was laying there. And where it began, he said, I laid there, put my hand behind my head, laying on my bed. And I thought, oh, William Branham, if you're ever going to do anything for the kingdom of God, you better get started. And here's a man who's went around the world. And he's saying, you better do something. If you're going to do anything for the kingdom of God, you better get started. And, he's, and Brother Branham says, I believe I was looking back down and could see. See, the sight isn't exactly with the eyes. That's earthly. But sight is a greater thing. The sight that they have there. Their contact is far beyond any contact that our natural senses would contact. 
It's beyond anything. But it's as real or more real than you seeing me and me seeing you right now. And there's a dimension that's always there. Brother Adam says in another place, and I don't have it here on my slides. And he says, when the revelation of the word of God drops into your heart. And he says, something out of a mystical channel somewhere slips out. And he says, and then it begins to roll down into the channels of your soul. Brother Branham says in another place, he says, what is it? In this building right now, there's war. That's what he calls it. He says, there's war in this building right now. Angels and demons. Lord willing, we'll get to it Sunday. And he says, in this room right now, there's war. There's There's a battle taking place. And he says, demon spirits that are there at all times. And you may not see them. You may not feel them. You know, Brother Branham says, they're just as real. If If I could only get my lovely audience to see it right now, they're just as real. I'm watching them. Brother Branham begins to describe them and says that a demon looks, maybe one demon looks like a tortoise with long hair. and, And he's describing what he's seeing to us. Now, you may never see them. You may never naturally with your eyes see them, but you can come under the effect of that spirit even sitting here right now. There's a dimension trying to haunt you and hurt you and distort your mind, tell you that preacher's just picking on you or this brother don't love you or they don't like you or they don't want you here. And what is that spirit's job? To keep you from the angel that's trying to draw you and lift you up out of this world. And Brother Branham says, he says, they're just as real as you can see them right now. You may never see them with your eyes. Oh, but they're healed here just as real. Brother Branham says, and now there's angels, demons, and angels. And he says, and God's here with his word and you're here, and you're here, and because you're here, you've got a choice. You've got a choice to believe the Word of God or stay in doubt and unbelief. You've got a choice to believe today's the day. Everything's going to change for me. Or you can continue believing you're going to go on the same way. Brother Branham says, but what is it? There's angels that are here trying to energize our faith. Listen to what even Jesus deals with. This is just in, in, in Matthew chapter 24. We might just skip some of the, actually we will. Let's, let's go to, let's go to um, Mark chapter 5. If you have your Bible, go there quickly with me. We're going to run out of time. I don't want to preach three services in one. We got three, so we'll take advantage. He loved the Lord. Amen. Notice this here. Here was this man. This man that was bound. In Mark chapter 5, they came over. Verse 1. Mark 5. Still hearing those Bibles turn. Mark chapter 5. Make sure you have it. And they came over unto the other side of the sea in the country of the Gadareans. And when he was come out of the ship. Now notice in your Bible, you're going to hear about two people. You're going to hear about legion. And you're going to hear about a man. Did you hear how I said that? Remember, the man is not legion. And don't ever let the devil get you to confuse the two. They are not the same. 
You're going to hear about a man, and you're going to hear about legion. Listen to this. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because they, he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains, remember, Brother Manum says this was a good man, man who loved the Lord, had a family, had children, had a wife at home. They were, they were, they were this man had, you know, Brother Branham says maybe it was a, one place he refers, maybe he's referring to a, you know, possibly a temper that he never got a hold of. And now this man who was once a loving man a, of a family, a father of these children, now he's, he's taken with these demon spirits in his life. And, and the Bible says he comes out of the tombs where he had his dwelling. Neither could any man tame him. Verse 5, and always day and night he was in the mountains and the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he, who's he? The man. When he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And cried, now notice here's legion, and cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Isn't it incredible that here was Jesus coming to set him free, but the lie of the devil would say that preacher's just trying to pick on you. He's just here to torment you. Listen to me, that mother and that father who's trying to encourage you and trying to speak to you and they try to correct you, they're not there to torment you. That's the mercy of God through the love of a mother or a father. What is that, Brother Matt? That's a warning sign. That's a mercy, a vessel of mercy in your life. Notice this here, he says, what have I? For he said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is thy name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion. Two thousand demons. How, Brother Matt, how does a man end up with two thousand spirits? Insomuch that they had, it has completely distorted his mind. It has completely taken over his body. He's there cutting himself. You wonder where that comes from? That's a demon spirit trying to destroy you. And if he can do anything today, he wants to destroy you. Let me tell you, he doesn't want to hurt you. The devil doesn't want to hurt your feelings. He doesn't want to injure you. He wants to annihilate you. And he'll use any method he can to destroy you. He'll pervert your mind or even distort your mind to think things that aren't even happening. This person's doing this or they're thinking this or they said this. That's the devil trying to lie to you. He has one goal and one mission and that's to distort or pervert the word of God in your life. And he says, oh, here he was. He says, he says to, here he was, legion, 2,000. You say, Brother Matt, how does a person end up with 2,000 demons? I'm going to tell you how. One, one, one. Bad choice after another bad choice after another bad choice after another bad choice. And eventually, you don't realize it, but you open up a spiritual portal. And because of your compromise with sin, you allow the devil a stronghold 
in your mind or in your spirit and he encamps himself and he builds a fortress and he builds a castle and he begins to fortify it with things that will more, uh, uh, more um, uh, just fortify those lies that he's given you. You say, how does a man end up there? One bad choice after another bad. You say, what bad choices? I'm not just talking about choices to do the wrong thing. I'm just talking about a choice to never surrender to the word of God when it's preached to you. That's a bad choice. And you, do, you refuse that long enough and long enough. Brother Branham says, and you stand in that place and you never really make a decision. You sort of sit on the fence in the church Brother Adam says, when you don't make a decision, you risk spiritual amnesia. You forget who you were. That's why, let me just say it this way to you, young person. When the Holy Spirit deals with your heart, respond immediately. Say, how does he end up there, Brother Matt? One bad spirit after another, one bad choice after another. And like a python, like the spirit of a python, you know, a python doesn't have any venom. It doesn't bite you and doesn't have like a, a venom that would poison you. But a python just wraps himself up loosely around its victim. And then every time that victim breathes in, he cinches up just a little tighter. And then he breathes in and cinches up a little tighter. And you, the man who you start with, the person who you start with is all so different than Legion. So different was Legion. What a transformation. And every time that victim breathes in, he squeezes. He squeezes. He squeezes. And every time that you listen to the lie of the devil... And you believe the lie of the devil. He squeezes just a little tighter. Before you know it. And he suffocates them. And the devil comes like a spirit of a python. With one lie. After another lie. He don't love you. The Lord doesn't love you. You've sinned your day of grace away. Nobody cares about you. You're ugly. No one will ever like you. No one will ever love you. And he squeezes just a little bit more and just a little bit more and just a little bit more. And Legion finally, this, 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 demon, these, this army of demon spirits have now so infected this man that Jesus says, who's your name? Notice, pick it up here. And he says here, Jesus asked him, what is thy name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send him away out of the country. Now there was there nigh into the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and the devils besought him, saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out Entered the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed swine, and they, they that fed the swine fled and told it to the city and in the country. And they went out to see what was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting <laughs> clothed in his right mind. 
When Jesus does a work in your life, it'll shock everybody around you. It'll shock your pastor. It'll shock your mom. It'll shock your dad. It'll shock your friends. Oh, come on, somebody. When Jesus brings a transformation, everything changes in your life. When you have a real encounter with the Holy Spirit, it's not a slow turnaround. It's a complete turning around and going the other direction. This man was free. He was free. I love this. Notice this here. Brother Brandon begins to talk about this in his ministry. And he says this is, I'm going to skip some of these scriptures here. He says, now this is proof of his resurrection. The same thing is wrong with you is wrong with that woman. Sitting over yonder, looking right at me on the end of the row. This is what the prophet says. The same thing wrong with you is the same thing wrong with her sitting there at the end of the row looking at me. Hold on a minute. Two people, two people, maybe didn't know each other. Maybe that one thought, I'm the only one who struggles with this. I'm the only one battling this. I'm the only one going through this. Little did they know that same person over there was thinking the same exact thing they were thinking. He says, the same thing wrong with you is wrong with her sitting there with that little round hat on. There's a dark string. In other words, there was a dark string that went, that's how Brother Branham identified it. It went from this one and it connected to this one. And he says, the lady looking across this lady's head, looking at me right here with her hand up, That's it, lady. That's right. Here it is. Coming from one to the other. It's evil powers pulling. It's evil powers pulling a dark streak. What was it? In another realm, in another dimension, though no one could see it, Brother Branham identified that there was an evil power that was making an affinity. Listen to me. Evil spirits love other evil spirits. Company that doubters love doubters. Criticizers love other criticizers. Spirits flock together. That you you get around, you say, I I don't know why I feel this way. And maybe because it's the people you're around. Do you know that the Bible says that? That bad friends corrupt good morals? You say, what am I going to do, Brother Matt? Get different friends. Maybe that group of friends that you're living with is, is, is something, a hindrance in your life. And God's wanting you to separate yourself from that. Brother Adam says, there's a dark string. He says, one's connecting to the other, calling out, that's right, here it is, coming one from the other. It's evil powers. Listen to me, my brother, my sister. On that tape, when that woman gets free and lifts her hand, the other woman gets free of that same spirit and lifts her hands. What is it? Brother Adams would would identify it and would say there was an evil spirit. Notice, he says, that's right, coming one to the other, it's evil powers pulling, so there was a connection between the two. Oh, I'm just, I I just believe here tonight that when, if that's true, then the opposite must be true, that when you get a believer who confesses the word of God and says amen to the word of God, it makes a connection, and you might just set somebody else free with your worship, because some 
somebody might be bound. But when you get free, they might get free here tonight. Oh, there's faith rising up in this building. There's believers who believe the word of God. There's there's sons and daughters of God that's saying, move, Holy Spirit. Move by the power of God. What does it do? It creates a connection. Hallelujah. If evil powers can pull together, then angels can pull together. And I say tonight, pull with me. I'll pull with you. You pull with me. And say, God, set every captive free. Deliver everyone who's bound tonight. May you deliver those. May you save the lost, Lord Jesus. Brother Branham says this here, in darkest hour, Jesus came. I love this. Now here's two spirits calling one to another. I only wish that my lovely audience could only be in this dimension and see it. See this. This woman sitting, standing here is suffering with the same thing that woman sitting there with her hands up crossed like that. Here's a dark line because the spirit that's on this woman is calling to this spirit for help. And it's both the same disease, arthritis in both. Earnestly contending, what if I told you that your heart trouble can be made well in Jesus' name? You believe it? Then go. You can listen to the tape. She comes to the line, then go. Just a minute. Demons screamed. Something called for help. Demon power. It come from the audience. When this woman was healed, that demon spirit screaming to another for help It's a spiritual world. We're not talking about the outside. Nothing changed from 1959 to 2023. In fact, there has something changed. All hell has been turned loose. You think there were demon spirits in 59? Now the demon spirits are everywhere you go. They're in your pocket. They're in your car. They're at the store. They're at your workplace. They're at the restaurant. You can't go anywhere to escape Satan's Eden in this natural world. But let me just tell you here tonight, you can plug into another dimension and you could leave this dimension. You can choose to unplug from this world and plug into another world. Hallelujah. And I want to say, Lord, let me unplug from this world. I want to close the door to this dimension. And let me open a door to angelic beings that come to encourage, that come to give me courage, that come to increase my faith, Lord. And he says, we're not talking about the outside. Friends, this is demonology. They're just as real as you're real. And I see them many times when they leave. I've seen them leave right from this platform. I've seen them, some of them in the shape of bats. Look like long hairs hanging on their legs. But an epileptic demon looks like a tortoise with round legs hanging up like that. But usually a demon of oppression seems to be more of a cloud form like a wave. And it just makes a real funny sound when you're in that other dimension to see the Spirit. Now you may think that's wrong, but some of these days you'll realize if you could only take a spiritual looking glass and look into your soul, you doubt and you'd find out what it looks like and the greatest devil 
and the chief of all devils. The chief, the captain, is unbelief. Why? Why would it be unbelief? Remember what the angel told Brother Branham, if you could get the people to believe, then nothing will stand in your way. Not even cancer. If you can get the people. So what is the devil's greatest job? To stop you from believing. But let me tell you something. You're a believer. And you were made to believe the word of God. I don't have to force you. I don't have to beg you. It's inside of you already. To believe the word of God. Because I'm a believer. Brother Branham says it's the chief of all demons, his unbelief. How much longer do we have, bro? How long? I'll have lots of time. You heard it from the pastor. And he says, the chief of all demons is unbelief. I'm so thankful, expectations 1950, that in the past few nights you have confirmed and testified that I have. I have told that, which is true, and I'm very thankful, Father. Listen to this prayer, Brother Brandon prays after he's preached the word. He says, I'm so thankful. I trust that all is believed. Lord, he says, I trust that it's believed among all. Lord, giving thee all praise and all glory, for we know it only comes through you. We believe you. Father, tonight, with all we can, oh, Satan would take my very life, but I'm depending on you. And I realize that I shall face demons after a while, supernatural beings who will come out in that poor old form of a dark cloud going against my very soul. This is what Brother Branham knew. Now, let me tell you something. If the demon spirits could come against a prophet in so much that he's preached the word of God. And now Brother Branham says, I know just in a little while, I'll get back to my hotel room. I'll get back out of my car. And he says, just a while, those supernatural beings will come in that poor old cloud, dark cloud, going against my very soul. If they would come against a prophet, how much more would they come against you? And so you know what Brother Brandon prays? He says, then Father, he says, if you don't cover me with your blood and protection, it quickly would come upon me and I could have no more services for I would be laying helpless. Oh, help thou me, Lord. Help me to be sincere. How many would pray with an uplifted hand? How many would pray and say, Lord, help me to be sincere? For I realize that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood now, but against spiritual powers. He says, which men who the five senses could not understand how these things could be with you, all things are possible. And especially when it's in thy word, which has come to pass. Protect us. May the angels of God. Oh, I just want to know if you want to raise a hand. I just want to raise my hand and, and I to identify with this prayer and say, protect us. May the angels of God, their posts, may they stand in the aisles. May the great angel of God spread forth his great wings throughout this tent tonight. May he distill dew drops of divine, drop them on every soul. 
May there not be a feeble one in our midst when the service is over. I'm going to close. Notice this bound captive daughter of Zion. Isaiah 52. If you have that, yeah, thank you. Isaiah chapter 52. Here she is laying there, once a vessel of the Lord. This was not, as we said, a daughter of Jezebel. This was a daughter of Zion. This was the purchase of God. What's happened? What's happened? What happened to you? Here she's laying in the, in the dirt, clutching at her neck. And the Bible begins to say, and here she is. You say, Brother Matt, who is that? Who is that? Let me say, that's any believer who's became chained to maybe a secret sin, maybe chained to some form of unbelief, maybe chained to a job, maybe chained to something that's taken you out of the perfect will of God for your life. It's any of those who are chained by an unforsaken sin, face down in the dust of despair, writhing with guilt, and the enemies walking all over them. And the enemies are blaspheming as the Bible records here. And notice, here she is laying there. She swore, and this is what the Bible says, she's one who swore by the name of the Lord and made mention, this is Isaiah 48, of, of the God of Israel. <clears throat> and so she's laying there. But here's what the voice of God speaks to her. Notice this in Isaiah 52, verse 1. Awake, awake, awake. Wake up. Get up. Listen, you're not hearing the chastisement. You're not hearing a rebuke. You're not hearing a father who's angry and who's upset and who's there to bring, uh, you know, some kind of rebuke upon her. This is the words of a kind, loving, heavenly father who loves her. Who loves her who still has a plan for her. She might have thought the plan was over. She might have thought my day's sold. I've already sold out. I'm already done. But God said, I've got still yet something more. I've got another chapter to write in your life. And you might have thought that your life was over and your story was already told. But there's a whole other story waiting to be told on the other side of this. And he says, awake. This is the loving father as he comes to his daughter. I love that. Such love. The father has for his daughter. Awake. Awake. There's no rebuke. There's no condemnation. There's no withdrawal of his love. There's no withdrawal of his promises. There's no abandoning. Let me say this. God never abandons his children. God never walks away from his children. God never gives up on them. God never walks away from them. This is a God who's faithful to the end. Even in our unfaithfulness, the Bible says, yet he remaineth faithful. And he's saying, awake, awake. God says in Isaiah 49, he says, can a woman forget her suckling babe? Can can she? 
Yes. The Lord says, yay. And you see it every day. Yay, they may forget. Yet, I will never. (laughs) Hallelujah. No matter where you go, no matter how far, how low you stoop to, I will never forget you. I will always be there. I will always be a voice of encouragement. I will always be there to woo you back. Oh, but I don't even want God anymore. I've walked away from this. I don't even want. God says, that doesn't matter how far you go. doesn't matter how much you turn your back. I'll never turn my back on you. I'll always be right there trying to call you back, trying to bring you back through repentance, trying to weigh on you, trying to deal with you, trying to get you to surrender. I'll always, I'll always be there. He says, can a woman forget? I'll never, yay, though I'll never forget you. For you're written inscribed on the palms of my hands. It's Isaiah 49, verse 14, 15, I think, or 16. You could put it up if you want. Isaiah 49, I think it's verse 16. And he says, for you're inscribed. This is what God is saying here. I've written your name in the palms of my hands. In other words, I've graven, thank you. I've graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually. Do you know when he speaks of walls, he's speaking of prison walls? This is exactly what this word means. He's speaking of a prison, something that you've bound yourself. Remember, he says, for you've sold yourself for nothing You've enslaved yourself. You've imprisoned. This is what we read in Isaiah 52. You have sold yourself. Listen to me. You cannot, the devil cannot sell what God has purchased. But you can sell yourself. The devil can never sell you when God has purchased you. But you can give yourself to the wrong thing. And he says you sold yourself for nothing. Your walls are continually. Do you know that this word choma? This is, this is what this Greek, maybe I'm not pronouncing that right, but the, the definition of that word, when he says, thy walls are continually before me, it's, it's to say, I have it written here, this word that he uses, it means to be joined, to be joined to a wall, like a mason would lay a brick and then another brick. And God says, here's you and here's me. And here's you, and here's me. I'm interlocked. I'm interconnected. Your prison walls are my prison walls. Let me give you the words if you struggle with that. Let me give you the New Testament language. I'm a high priest who can be touched by the feelings of your infirmities. That's our God. I'm a high priest who can be touched By the feelings of your infirmities. When you hurt, I hurt. When you cry, that's literally how he says it, I cry. When you're in bondage, you think the Lord just gives up on you, writes you off, walks away. Oh no. He says, I'll never give up on you. I'll never walk away from you. I'll never stop calling you. I'll never stop loving you. Uh, you, Let me just go ahead and put it so you can settle it in your mind. He'll never walk away from you. He'll never give up on you. You say, what's he going to do, Brother Matt? He's going to keep preaching the word. He's going to keep preaching to your soul. He's going to keep trying to get you to believe. 
believe the word of God until you can believe what he said about you. God says, I'll never stop. I'll never give up. I'll never walk away. Walls are continually before me. You say, Brother Matt, as we close, what what does she have to do? Here she is. She's down in the dirt. She's got grave clothes on. God has already called her back to life, but she's bound. She's got a chain around her neck. Say, what, 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 what does she have to do, Brother Matt? Surely someone will come. Surely there will come someone. Uh, you know, someone will come through and, and they'll rescue her. They'll, they'll come. Listen, no one's coming. No one's coming. Oh, well, what do they have to do? The next meeting or this preacher, this brother over here, if they'll just lay hands on me, if this person can, listen, no one's coming. What is God saying? Shake yourself. This is the voice of God to you. You say, what's it going to take for me? Get up, child. Stand up to your feet. Shake yourself off. That's why the Bible says, loose yourself from the bands of your neck. What God has given you is already enough to set you free. He doesn't have to give you anything else. The word that he's already given will set you free from any bondage the devil has put on you. All you got to do is surrender to that. Oh, how many would raise a hand and stand to your feet and say, Lord, I'm surrendering to the freedom that you've already given me in Christ. Oh, hands up everywhere. I lift my hands up and I say, Lord, I want to be set free from any bondage that the devil's tried to put on me. Any grave clothes of my past, any grave clothes of memories, any failures of yesterday. I want to say, loose him and let him go. Let him be free in the name of Jesus. Let him be free of that today. Let him be free of that complex. Let him be free of that disease. Let him be free of that bondage. Let him be free in Jesus' name. Loose him and let him go. Bow your heads with me. Awake, awake. Put on your strength. Put on your beautiful garments. It's yours. Put it on. This is what the Holy Spirit's telling you today. Put on your garment, child. I've given you the robes of my righteousness. I've given you the robes that were purchased for you on the day of Calvary. And there's nothing in your life that you'll ever face in this life's journey that already doesn't have an answer in the seed that God has put in your life. Brother Branham says everything you have need of for this life's journey, even the rapture, is already inside of you. Stop looking for your answers from everywhere else. The answer is right inside of you. Quit looking for your answers externally down the road or up the street or when this happens. Oh, listen to me as the Holy Spirit begins to speak. uh, Son and daughter of God, the answer is already inside of you. All you got to do is raise a hand and say, I surrender to that word tonight, Lord. I surrender right now. Jesus, you see the hands up all over the building. 
my hands up, Lord, right now. Hearts that are surrendered before you. Hearts that are saying, free us of every bondage, of every lie, of every demon spirit. Maybe that spirit has settled on me and I didn't even realize it. Tonight, Lord, I want to be free in Jesus' name. I don't know. Oh, then what do I have to do, Brother Matt? Believe the word of God. If you can believe, nothing is impossible for you. All you got to do is reach out in faith and accept it. Reach up and grab a hold of that promise and say, it's mine. I accept it. Satan, you can't have it. Take your hands off of God's property. I'm purchased by the blood of the Lamb. I'm a child of God. I'm not a daughter of the, of the devil. I'm not a daughter of Jezebel. I'm a daughter of Zion. <laughs> Hallelujah. I believe it, Lord. I accept it tonight. Lord, I feel that atmosphere of faith charged in this building right now, Holy Spirit. I feel that atmosphere, Lord Jesus, where angels have moved in real close. Demon spirits, your prophet said the preaching of the word drives back demon spirits. Oh, Satan, I adjure you. I drive back every demon spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, you're an offense to me. I send you back to where you came from. I cast aside every evil thought of doubt. I cast aside every spirit of fear that might have came on a daughter or son. I cast, I cast out every demon of, of, of complex, of every demon of depression, of every demon of anxiety, of every lie that the devil has told. I curse you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I speak liberty. I speak life. I speak hope to these people. Oh, could you raise your voice here tonight, young person, and say, I speak the word of Jesus. I adjure you, Satan. I'm not your child. Take your hands. Oh, you can do that for yourself. Say, take your hands off of God's property. I'm the purchase of the blood of Jesus. And I raise my hands and I say, Lord, I accept you. I accept your word, Lord, tonight. May I come under the influence of angels here. May I fall into that perfect vision that you had of me before the foundation of the world. I want to find myself in the center of your purpose and your will for my life. Lord, if there's a gift that may be, Lord, laying in someone's life here tonight, Lord, may no spirit of hindrance try to clog up that channel, but may that, may that gift blossom and bloom from this day forward. I speak it in the name of Jesus that every hindrance that's laid over your family, we curse it in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ is saying, Lord, let your power reign. Let your spirit flow through us. Grant it, Lord Jesus, to every life. Grant it, Lord. We love you. We thank you. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. You are the worthy one amongst us, Lord Jesus. You are the holy one amongst us, Lord. We love you. We're lovers of your word. We're lovers of your word, Lord Jesus, because you made us that. You changed something inside of our soul, Lord. You realigned our thinking. You transformed our nature. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. 
how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our God oh raise those hands and sing it now oh how great how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and all Beginning and beginning and the end. Beginning, beginning and the end. Oh, the Godhead, the Godhead three are one. Oh, he's the Father, he's the Father revealed in Son. Oh, the Lion, the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, sing it to a church. The masterpiece of Christ, his love beyond compare, he chose himself a bride. Yes, Lord. A bride. Yes, taken. He's taken from glory to reign upon. Our God, and all will see how. 
Are we in F? Let's go to F. This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart, and Lord, with all my heart. You want to tell him that? I worship in me and all I have within me I give you praise all that I adore everything Lord Jesus all my hopes my ambitions all my plans all my dreams it's in you Lord oh it's in you Jesus Lord I give young person. Tell him you're my God. You're all together lovely. You're all together worthy. All together one. 
it or not what your eyes looked at tonight there was something happening that was far greater you were not watching brother Matt tonight you were not just seeing this church but in another dimension there was a great struggle that was going on there was the angels of God that were here but there was demons that were here and they were sitting around us and they're still here but I'll say this, the Spirit of God came here. And the Spirit of God has come to minister. And some of us that came a little bit cold, a little bit indifferent, your hearts have been warmed. Brother Matt didn't come and do it, but in another realm, something started to move over you. And if we could recognize, even as he said in the story of Legion, there was Legion, but there was a man. And, and, and let's call it a man or a woman. And I'll just say this, we all are hosts. And we're gonna host evil, we can host good. We have these little devices. You can decide the level you want this device to be open. 
You go on an air you go on an airplane they ask you to put it in airplane mode because if you leave it open its signals can interfere with what's going on. You can be in a meeting or something and you can put it on notification where you just get a notice it's there it's available to be used in whatever way you want but you can control the level to which this device is used. You can control it to have family mode or to have filters or to block out things or you can leave it open. Now this is just a device that contacts the fourth dimension. But you're an antenna. It's not controlled by itself but it's controlled by the person that holds it. And the person that holds it is a free moral agent. And as a free moral agent you can choose to use it to whatever level you want. But you know this we're free moral agents. God has good desires for every one of you. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be well. But we don't always make the right choices. I've made plenty of wrong choices in my life. But I'll say the grace of God has come to me time and time again. And I'll say this it's the grace of God that's coming to us tonight. Brother Branham, he had a brother named Howard. And H Howard was dying, and as Brother Branham came to him, he, he speaks this about Howard. He was called to be a minister. But he makes this statement, but his associates held him back. Kept him back from fulfilling everything God would have wanted. I, I don't know about you, but tonight after the word was ministered, I want to remove some of the blockages. I want to remove some of the things that have held me back. Now the word has been ministered and we're going to all go out from here, but just like Brother Branham had to face that world, so do we. But you're not facing it alone. The angels of God are going to face it with you. You can choose to yield to Him. And as, as, as it's just one step. Now just think about it. One bad decision can lead to another, can lead to another. But let's reverse that now. We're not neutral here tonight. Tonight we can, we'll not leave here neutral. We're going to leave better or we're going to leave worse. And you can decide right now, I am going to be a host for God, for the angels of God to come around us. And you can make that choice. And you know it can be as simple. You might not come to an altar. You might not do that. But your choice can be, I am not going to give myself to that thought. I'm not going to do this. And I'm going to show God. I'm going to show Him. I'm going to take a step this way. Tonight when I go home, I'm not. I'm going to lay that phone down and I'm going to let my last words be to the Lord. I'm not going to give myself to some other world. But I'm going to, I'm going to make that choice. And so I'm going to say to you, be determined before you leave this building. Whatever you're facing, whatever's been around you, be determined. Okay, I can't do this myself. I can't do it myself either. Brother Branham couldn't do it. But you know, you yield to God. You ask for forgiveness. There is a blood covering that covers you. 
Whether you realize it or not, it is your power. It is your shield. The devil is scared of that. And you have access to it. But he doesn't. Testimony of a brother in Africa. They have witch doctors. They have different things. And he, there were some believers living in an apartment. And he, somebody in the apartment had something against them. Called a witch doctor and said, I want you to cast a spell on those people. And the witch doctor said, which one is it? It's this house here. No, no, I can't touch that house. What do you mean you can't touch that house? No, you don't know. I can't touch that. Why? He said, that house is covered by blood. That's in an unseen realm. Friends, when you walk out, it's not you and the devil. It is God and you and the devil. And you have access to it. So make the choice. Say, I am not, I can use this device, but forget that device. What about this device? What am I going to host? I'm going to host positive thoughts. I'm going to host the Holy Spirit. I'm going to let my conversation make Him welcome. I'm going to let angels come in. I'm going to let those things, I'm going to create the atmosphere that will pull from another dimension and it'll live around me. You all, every one of you, have access to that. And all it takes is one step. Instead of just being unaffected, I'm not going to do anything. Why don't you, as we just close, we're going to have sing a song or two. Why don't you in these last moments now just say, Lord, I'm going to take a step towards you. He said, you draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh to you. And then as you take that step, you know what? All of a sudden it gets a little lighter. And it gets a little easier to surrender a little bit more. Are you good to do that tonight? I'm going to have Brother Andrew come up and close in prayer. Let's just sing, I'll say yes. I'll say yes. I'll say That's the one. I'll say yes. 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 I'll, I'll say, say Sing it to him, consecrating ourselves now.
Just reminded in this moment of those of you that are on the youth chat, I shared a quote just a couple days ago in preparation of this service. And this is what we ought to prepare our hearts with from the message of paradox. It says, you do have something into it. That's your surrender of your own will, your own ideas to the will and idea of Almighty God, and it's finished. That's all there is. Just take his promise. Don't think of nothing else. Walk by it, and God does the rest of it. I know tonight as we go our own ways and as we'll separate, go to our homes, it's not just the prophet and it's not just preachers that he'll come to. Satan will come and try and wave over and try and distract you and take away. And I don't know what you got planned tonight, what you got planned tomorrow, but I want to really encourage you tonight. Stay surrendered. Say, Lord, if you tarry till Sunday, I, I want to come in your presence. I want to bring with me the angels of the Lord that have been fellowshipping with me and I've been bumping into day by day. I want to stay in this presence. It's going to be a battle. But we're going to pray together right now and commit each other. So I'm going to ask you, why don't you, the person next to you, just put your hand over on their shoulder. As Brother Ed told that story, I can't touch that house. There's blood over that house. So we're going to pray for each other tonight and say, Lord, I want to apply the blood, not just to me, Lord, but to those that are beside me that I've got my hand raised on. Lord, to them that believe they would tread on serpents and it wouldn't harm them. Heavenly Father, Lord, just in the solemnness of this moment, Lord, Lord, as your word has gone forth and it's ministered, Lord, there's been a war take place tonight. But Lord Jesus, the Bible says that the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. Lord, tonight we want to just press in a little harder, Lord. Lord, past all the thoughts that the devil has been trying to throw at our way this week, been trying to distract us, Lord, and been trying, Lord, to, to keep us away from being here tonight. But Lord, you brought Brother Matthew by our way, Lord, that you could come and speak to our hearts, Lord, a message that wasn't just another nice word, it was direct. Yes, Lord. Right to where we needed it, Lord. Father, help us, Father, that we be mindful, Lord, that as much as there's devils around us pressing, there's angels that are pressing, trying to energize our faith. Lord, help us to reach beyond the barriers of our own self and our own flesh, beyond the prison walls, Lord, and recognize it's you interwoven, O oh God. It's you and your grace that's been watching over us down through time, Lord. And Father, as we lay our hands one on another, Father, we pray that you would just come, Lord, and interweave yourself again with our lives tonight. That, Lord Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ would cover us over, Lord. Cover our sins, Lord, and justify us again that we could stand in your presence, Lord. Not be concerned with the past, Lord, but looking to you, the yes, author and finisher of our faith. Yes, Father, we love you, Lord, and we want to see you made manifest in our midst, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray, Lord, these mercies in the name of Jesus Christ, knowing, Lord, that you are able to accomplish all that you have promised. 
So, Father, we commit each one to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I think with a service like tonight, I, there's a song that we know well as young people especially. Brother Philip, you play it. Oh, daughters of Zion, I'll bring you back home. Brother Tony, will you help me with that? Oh, daughters of Zion. Why don't you sing this to the Lord as a personal song? Oh, Abraham, This is me. I'm going to shake myself off. Hear the word of our Father. Hear his promise of love. Put on those beautiful garments. I will make you a blessing. The stars, stars if you can, you will be a great nation. I will give you this land. That's a promise to this generation. It's your inheritance. I will bring you back home, bring you back home, oh my children.
fear, oh my daughters. Hallelujah. Oh, sons of Abraham, I will wash you with water. With the water of my word. Oh, I will offer the land. Hallelujah. Oh, though your sins were like scarlet. you on the palms of my hand. Yeah. 